the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Reestablishing our missions mindset. We'll do so out of Matthew 28 next on Times of Refreshing. You and I, we've been called, and we've been given a mission. And in fact, it's found here in Matthew chapter 28. Hi, welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today, we're in Matthew chapter 28 as we reestablish a mission mindset. It's our look at Jesus' final instructions, not only for the disciples, but for you and I today as well. Join us, won't you, as we reestablish this mission mindset. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Open your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. You know, every, every church when it is planted, God gives the church a vision. But he also gives the church a mission. Vision is what the church should look like. What God shows the church, shows the leaders, shows the leader He gave Moses insight into what the community should look like. This is the vision. But then the mission. What is it that this entity that God is building, what is it supposed to do? And for us, this is something that God is constantly reminding me of. Is Son, stick to the vision. Stick to the mission. Stick to the vision. Stick to the mission. And uh, one of the things that I want to do is we want to really, in this church, I want to try to do the best that we can by the grace of God to reestablish a mission mindset. And this is what I want to talk to you guys about. And I've talked to the church about this many times. I often revisit it. But there's some new stuff that God has given given me here. Reestablishing a mission mindset. When you join a church or you're a part of a communion, there's something that God is asking the community to do. There's something that it has to accomplish in the land. And for everyone, uh, on a base level, Matthew chapter 28 gives us insight into what the church was really called to do and, uh, and what it was commissioned to do. And we find here most theologians will tell you Matthew 28 verses 16 on down to 20 are what we would call the Great Commission. This is the Great Commission. This is what we on the earth to do. And this is our mission here at the church. It says in verse, in verse 1, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Now look at this. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. They worshipped him. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, verse 16, 17. What did I say? I said verse 1. See, if y'all was really anointed, y'all would have knew where I was going. <laughs> Verse 16. Uh, my bad. 
But look at this, verse 16. Verse 16 on down to 20. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some did what? Now, that tells me that it is possible to worship Jesus, but at the same time still have what? Okay? And so we got we to gotta understand that when we're walking with God, doubt, fear, all these other things has to be overcome in our personal lives because it is possible to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and still be in a state of doubt. But what does Jesus do? He doesn't really get into their condition. He reminds them of the mission and in some cases establishes it within their hearts and in their minds. He says, and Jesus came. And spoke to them saying, look at verse 18. It says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, it's teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And so he's risen from the dead. He comes to them. There's some that worship him, but they were still doubting. He goes beyond their doubt, and he just re- recalibrates and reestablishes in their mind what he has called them to do. And the first thing that he says to them is, and I love this, it says, uh, and Jesus, and he came in verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all what? Authority. Okay. This is, this is the first thing that we have to understand about our commission. God has given you the authority based on the fact that he has received authority to function on his behalf. Jesus has all authority. I don't care what your city looks like. I don't care what your neighborhood looks like. I don't care what's going on in your neighbor, with your neighbor's house. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what state, state, what city, what country you're in. At the end of the day, the Bible says that Jesus has all what? Authority. He has all authority. And like I always say, if he has all authority, that means that nobody else has any authority except the authority that God gives them to accomplish his purposes and to accomplish his plans in the earth. And so at the end of the day, he has all authority. He has the right. He has the might. He has everything he needs to get his job accomplished in the earth. But I want to tell you, saints, he does what he's doing in and through people like you and I. He says, all authority has been given to me. He says, um, in heaven and on earth. And then he says in verse 19, he says, go therefore, go therefore. So he's given authority, he has authority, but now he's authorizing them. Now he's authorizing you. No matter where you go, understand that the kingdom of God is going with you. No matter what you're doing. If you are a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're living right in his sight. You're, you have an intimate relationship. You're doing the things. That, realize that when you come on the scene, you're not just coming alone. Can I have an amen? Jesus has authorized you to speak in his name. To declare and herald the good news. And I love this because he says not only does he say authority has been granted to him. And then he authorizes us. I like what it says. It says go therefore and make what? 
disciples of all nations. Okay? And so this is the great commission. I understand that our church has been, that our Lord, our leader, has all authority. But then he's authorized us as a church to go and make disciples of all nations. I love this because he doesn't say go and cause people just to come to church. He said to make what? Disciples. And this is the key to this word. And I just looked this up. As I was sitting there, I wanted to get a little bit more into this. And I, and I looked this up. The word make disciples or disciples. Now watch this. It means not only to learn, although it does mean a learner, someone who's taught or instructed. It says, means not only to learn, but to become attached to one's teacher and to become his follower in doctrine and conduct of life. It is really not sufficient to translate this verb as learn, but as make a disciple in the New Testament sense. Now, I want to say this because sometimes we fail to realize, you know, my job is not for me to connect you to me. My job is to connect you to who? Because ultimately, you are not my disciple. You are his disciple. Can I have an amen? And this is the mistake sometimes we make in the church. I mean, I, I'm all for and we, we, have, we love pastors and leaders and things like that. We should be. That's, that's part of it. But a good leader is not leading you to himself. A good leader is leading you to Jesus, who is the ultimate leader. Amen. And this is the mindset that we have to have. But what happens is a lot of times in church, people... People fail to realize that if we're doing our job, my job is to lead you to him. That he might increase and I might what? Decrease. That he might increase in your life, I might decrease in your life. This is the job that we have because ultimately we're making disciples of Jesus Christ. We're not just making disciples of the well. Can I have an amen? Or this person or that person. We're making disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. My job is to point you to him. My job, and that's what we want to do. But this word also entails discipline, disciple, discipline. A learner who has been connected with Christ, who is their ultimate teacher, and now I have become disciplined in following him. This is what we want the church full of, of people that follow Jesus. They're walking with Jesus. They're, 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 they got their eyes on Jesus. They're focused on Jesus. Listen, people are going, stuff happens, stuff happens, stuff happens. At the end of the day, I'm following Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? My mind is on Jesus. And I want people to point me to Jesus. Well, this is what we want to do here at the church. This is what God's calling upon the church. Our mission is to make disciplined followers of the Lord Jesus Christ so that they get connected to the one who ultimately has called them and they learn how to follow him in everything that they do. Amen? He says not only that, he says not only make disciples, but we see here this is part of the mission. He says baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is important because what I'm doing now is I'm making a public declaration 
of something that is taking place inwardly in my life. I have made a decision to identify with Jesus Christ in his death, his burial, his resurrection. And this is my public declaration of what God has done in my life and what I've chosen to do. Saints, it becomes a lifestyle. And this is why even in this new year, we're going to emphasize baptism even more in this church. We're going to bring it more to the forefront because this is a part of the mission of the church. We want to see people baptized. Come in here and make a public declaration that I am laying down my life for Jesus. I'm not just coming to church, that this is real. Something spiritual happens when you make a decision. To publicly identify with Christ through baptism. And so Jesus, ultimately, he's telling them this and how important it is. He says, not only baptize, but he says in verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And so the teaching aspect of it is also a part of discipleship. You cannot disciple people and connect them to Christ if they're not willing to be taught about Christ. And that takes humility. It takes humility to to look at your Bible and say, I don't know. I need somebody to teach me about him. I need someone to lead me to him. I mean, one of the things that's so awesome is that I love this because he just didn't say, Jesus didn't just say, well, I'm going to just give everyone, the Spirit of God's going to move, and everybody's just going to understand like that. He says, no, you go out and teach them to observe everything that I said. It becomes a lifestyle. Teaching begins just to flow through the church. It becomes just a part of what we do. But it takes humility to be, able, to be willing to sit down and let someone instruct you in the things of the Lord. I thank God that the, my first pastor, that his heart was, was bent towards teaching. He was a, just a teacher. He loved to teach the Word of God. It establishes. When you get taught, it establishes you. It strengthens your spirit. It causes something to rest deep down in your spirit. There's a knowing. Saints, you cannot live your life solely based on experience every, experiences every day with God. I, I, I'm just going to say this to you because sometimes people are looking for some cloud. and, and like, like God's going to come down every morning and say, okay, put your shoes on. Put your socks on. No, sometimes you may go periods of time when you know God's presence is there, but you're not having just this, you know, incredible experiences every single day. Sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes God just says, okay, you know, just, just live your life for a while. I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. Well, what about the word you got last time? I haven't even got a chance to finish doing that in your life. Can I have an amen? We're chasing after words and chasing after stuff and chasing after, chasing after. Instead of just saying, man, can I just go to McDonald's today or can I just go to Starbucks or can I just chill out and just go to Denica's? I don't have to have a pow. I just want to eat. I'm going to eat. Saints, what happens is our lives, our lives, God, when you read this Bible, saints, a lot of times we think that everything that they went through in the Bible because <laughs> say, we think that everything was just like bam, 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 bam. Every day, every day it was like that. No, there would be years in between some of this stuff and days and months where God, he was there. He's whispering to, you know, he's speaking to us through his word. He's doing it. But everything wasn't just, and if truth be told, 
Some of you in this room, you know this to be true. Say, man, I know God loves me. He's there. But, you know, he, he didn't, he, you know, the Holy Ghost didn't zap me this morning to get me out of bed. I got up and I felt the presence of God. Lord, I thank you for your here. And he didn't, you know, whisper sweet nothings to me before I went to bed last night. You know, it's that, what I'm saying to you guys is, 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 but when you get established in the word and you know, we got to go from knowing more than just feeling. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you. God wants to establish us in the truth, and we're going to have great experiences. I love my experiences. I praise God for powerful experiences. But what happens is during those times when God just has you kind of just coasting along, we got to have this settled in our spirit. Well, that's what a true disciple does. And we want to live our lives like this and help other people to live their life. And then he closes us out by saying, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Regardless of what you may feel, you should always know that Jesus is with me. He says, I'm with you, even to the end of the age. And so we want to establish people like this. We want to see people come. This is a part of the mission of this church. This is a mission of the church. It's not just to get people to come to church. That's not what it's about. It's about making what? Disciples. The Great Commission is about making disciples, not coming up with fancy gimmicks just to get people into the door. It's not just about getting people or catching the fish, saints. It's about taking people through the discipleship process where they really become disciplined followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're settled in God's teaching and his doctrine. And they'll follow Jesus wherever he asks them to go. Can I have an amen? Now watch this though. Because having said that, we do have to understand our responsibility. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we'll go here. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Apostle Paul here in 2 Timothy is, is writing his, close, his closing words to, to, young, to, to young Timothy, giving him insight into what is going to transpire at the end of the age and what God wants to do through him as a young apostle who's being groomed. And 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, we're going to read verses 1 on down to 5. He says this in his closing words. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He said, preach what? He said, preach the word. He said, be ready in season and out of season. When it is convenient, when it is not convenient. He says, convince. That word there means convict. It means through the preaching of the word, there's a conviction aspect to what God is going to do through you as you're sharing the gospel. He says, not only convince, he says, rebuke. There is a corrective element to what God does through the Word of God. And I know in our society right now, it's a shame because anytime you try to correct someone or adjust them, they'll say you're not being loving and things of that nature. But the Word of God comes in and it is a two-edged sword. It's going to convict you sometimes. It's not going to feel good sometimes when the preaching is going forth and you know God is speaking to you about something in your life. He says not only that, he says exhort. So there's an exhortative aspect to it. He says to do this with all long suffering and teaching. He says, for the time will come, not maybe will come, it will come. When they will not endure sound what? This is the problem that we have now. 
in the church. It's a problem that we need to deal with. People don't want to hear sound, whole doctrine. Come on, brother, wow me. Come on, man, say something. Woo, come on, get me fired up. No, how about we just read this scripture and just let it marinate until we really get it, amen? Sound doctrine, something that's going to stabilize you and make you whole. He says, sound doctrine. He says, but according, look at this verse 3, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And so this tells me that now people are trying to find teachers that will suit them and make them feel or tell them what they want to hear. Dangerous. We see it happening all over. It's a shame. And it's a shame. This stuff should not be going on in the church. Listen to me, saints. You do not Pick your church or your pastor. God does. Period. You don't. Lord, who is my pastor? Lord, where is my church? There, there. Praise God. That's it. I've been rolling with my pastor, Pastor David, for almost 15 years now. That's my pastor. That's my church. And I, he, as long as he's, he's sticking to the word, doing his thing. But what happens is, saints, what happens is this condition is swept through the church. Because they have itching ears, they will heap them for, for themselves, teachers. I'm going to find somebody that's going to tell me what I would like to hear. Look at our response, though. Verse 5. But you, but you, but you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, but you. He says, be watchful. The word watchful there means to be sober-minded. He says, endure afflictions. He tells you to endure afflictions. With what God is causing you to do, there's going to be some afflictions. Endure the afflictions. He says, do the work of a what? Evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. This is a part of making disciples is we have to go out and evangelize. But we have to be watchful. We have, to be, we have to endure afflictions. And then all of us, all of us have to be willing to do the work of an evangelist. That doesn't mean that you just have some a title of an evangelist. A lot of times we're waiting for some title and God said just do the work. Just do the work. Your job is to do the work of an evangelist. And that is to go out to, to, to share the gospel with individuals. And we're going to talk about this in a minute. To share the gospel with individuals. Do the work of an evangelist. He says, fulfill your ministry. This is our response. People are going to have itching ears. My job is to make sure at all times that I'm watchful, that I'm sober, that I endure affliction. Stuff is going to come my way. I got to do the work of an evangelist. I got to pay the payment and go out and share my faith and go out to where people are and share the gospel. He says, fulfill your ministry. Saints, stop thinking that it's the church's job to have some type of special event so that, you know, we feel comfortable about doing evangelism. Every single one of us in this room has a sphere of influence. It's not my job to put on some event for evangelism. Now, we do that. We have all kinds of, out, we have outreaches, and, and we, we thank God for that. But at the end of the day, I have a personal, he didn't tell Timothy. Be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Go out and try to start some big event. 
so that you can... If just, no, just do the work of an evangelist. Jesus was sitting at a well, and he just saw a woman there. He said, hey, what you got there? He's doing the work. He's not waiting for everybody. You know, I want to say this to you guys. Our church got a bad rap, and I know about it. Hey, I, be, I, I know stuff. You know, I don't be talking about it all the time, but I know. People try to accuse us of, you know, we're not doing evangelism. Come on, the devil is a lie. Man, we, this woman of God right here is going into places every, every month doing stuff. Our outreach center is touching people all over the place. You better ask somebody, I'm going into football. And some of y'all in this church because I'm out there coaching football. You think I'm just doing some X's and O's? You better ask somebody, I'm looking for some souls. I'm not waiting for some event. I'm out there paving the pavement. Some of these people, I'm in the, I'm in the mall. DJ's wife, I met her in the mall. Isn't that right, DJ? Hey, what's your name? How you doing? Why don't you come to church? What do you got? Uh-huh. Look, now you don't got your wife, brother. Uh-huh. See? We out working, man. Going trying to find, can I have an amen? We're not, but this is the mindset we gotta have. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, Learn more about us and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Understanding.